The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Madrasa on A. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to your program Madrasa on A, Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. The time is now 12 minutes past the hour of 2 and this is where we're going into our very first segment being Knowing My Lord. And also not to forget on technical controls we do have Mr. Nazim Peterson. Now I'm going to be going into and handing over to Sheikh completely to know that you can send through your questions to the WhatsApp number as well as the SMX on 47913 if it is any questions in which you have that is Sheikh that Sheikh has been speaking about and that is related to the topic inshallah however if you don't have a question that's regarding relating to the topic and you're still sending it through then we will pass this through to Q&A and some of the other programs but for now I'm going to be greeting Sheikh in studio Sheikh Assalamualaikum Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Sheikh how are you doing this afternoon? Alhamdulillah Fine, I thank Allah for that, for the favors of Allah. And how's yourself doing? I'm Alhamdulillah, Sheikh. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, for now, I'm going to be handing over to you to recap as to where we stopped yesterday in our segment, Knowing My Lord, inshallah. Sheikh Kandafatum. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillah, Wahda was Sadat, was Sadam, Adam, Adlana, Biabad, Rabbish Rahli Sadri, we assidly Amri, Wahlul Ugdatam, Midlisani, Yafkau Kauli. اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا ورزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته to all our listeners out there Alhamdulillah thanks and praises due to Allah to always and forever and love and salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم his family, his friends and all those people who followed his path May Allah grant us, you and me, to be part of them. Allahumma amin. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah, um, before we actually get into the segment, allow us to be able to make dua collectively. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wal'aqibatu lilmuttaqeen. Waljannatu lilmuwahideen. Wal'a'udwana illa ala al-zalimeen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen. Sayyidina wa maulana Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Rabbana zalamna anfusana. Fa'in lam taghfir lana wa tarhamna. Lanakunanna minal khasirin. Allahumma ja'anna minal ladhina yastami'una yastami'awna al-qawla fayattabi'awna ahsana. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa warzukna attiba'a. Wa arina al-batila batila warzukna ajtinaba. Wa la taj'alhum ultabisan alayna famudilla ya rabbal alameen. Rabbana zidna ilma warzukna fahma birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin. Rabbi ghfid li waliwalidayya warhamhuma kama rabbi. بياني صغيرة ربنا اغفر لنا ولوالدينا ولأستاذنا ولمشائحنا وللمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذب النار وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد 
ala ali sayyidina muhammadin wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursalin walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin mashallah alhamdulillah um, that brings us to the end of our dua uh, just a reminder of where we were in this uh, topic yesterday the um, segment of knowing my Lord we were dealing with the past portion of Nabi Musa with Banu Israel and the message that we wanted to get everybody to understand in this message Allah tells us of a people a Nabi and his people and the objective is for us to reflect in that so that we may be able to not blame not make an issue of their life but that you and i may be able to reflect where do we fit in had we been in their position and or we are in a position somewhat similar to theirs what is our responses are we responding in according to success for ourselves like them when the, those of them who were obedient or are we the opposite of that when we not obedient and do it the other way and do it our way and not wanting to be able to serve Allah and to serve his messenger Muhammad now people this is the reason as we've said what happened what we saw in the broad message now allow me to go into just letting us understand what happened in last yesterday's lesson we gave you some of the things that happened where we mentioned to it how Allah has challenged those people and Allah pardoned them. And then Nabi Musa reminded them and said to them, Musa al-Kitab, and Allah says, We gave Musa a book, and we call it that book that differentiates between the right and the wrong, with the hope that you can become people who will follow the righteous path. And then Musa said to you, people, Oh, my people, You've harmed yourself when you took the, the golden calf to, to worship it. So I beg you, please, I call upon you, I almost command you, go and seek repentance by Allah. Seek tawbah by Allah at your Lord. You might in the process even have to kill yourselves to the extent of, he says, and that would be better for you, had you to be able to just carry on living in this life. Nabi Musa wanted them to understand how serious is it that they've done to be able to worship the calf. Allah, and then Allah, Nabi Musa said to him, remember your Lord is most forgiving, is most merciful. And then Allah reminded them of their reaction. And Allah said to them, Allah reminded them of the reaction of their people. How some of them became so arrogant and so adamant and the attitude that they have. Now, forgive me for those using those terms, but those are realities that you and I, us as Muslims, many a time live by. We have the arrogance, we've got adamant, we are adamant at what we want, and we always write, and yes, but, and yes, and. And sometimes we are so deep in ignorance, we have the least understanding of the truth, or we don't have insight. And still we are adamant and arrogant. May Allah protect us. And this is what Allah wants us to understand. Please come out of that. I, your Lord, want you to come out of that arrogance and ignorance. Come to identify that you don't know 99,99% of what life has to offer you. And what you need to understand of this deen, you lack so much. And if you just can accept the fact, you don't need to tell anybody about it. Just tell it to yourself. Just admit it to nobody else but just to yourself. And when you do that, you can come away from everything 
arrogance and then easily it becomes so easy for us then to become people who go and seek and understand that we need to find reason to develop from where we are. May Allah open the path for all of us inshallah. Shri Shukran so much for that and you can send through your questions through to the WhatsApp number on 072-238-0712 alternatively send through via SMS to 47913 and here she is going to be continuing where she stopped before the ad break Sheikh Tafatou. Shukran jazakrahat for that one, Yasmina. Alhamdulillah, we then came to the ayah where Allah Ta'ala said, With qala Musa li qawmihi ya qawmi innakum dalamtum anfusam, where you've harmed yourself, and Allah told them, then Nabi Musa spoke to them, and then Allah reminded us then thereafter of what the people said to Nabi Musa, and they, they said, Wait qutum ya Musa lan nu'mina laka hatta nara Allah jahra. They said, oh, Allah, oh, oh Musa, we will not worship Allah, we will not create ourselves subservient, we will not listen to, we will not execute being believers and do it until we see Allah with our own eyes. Like we see the mountain and we see the birds and we see one another. So we want to see Allah. فَأَخَذَتْكُمُ الصَّائِقَةِ وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْذُرُونَ سُبْحَانَكَ لَحَوْلَ وَلَكُمْ وَتَعِدْلَ بِاللَّهِ Allah says, and then we gave unto you a sa'ika, a major sound and effect to you, and allow you to be able to lose your uh, ability in strength. And you saw how one another died in front of one, you saw one another dying in front of one, yourselves. Subhanak. And then Allah says, then thereafter we pardoned you again. ثُمَّ عَفَوْنَا مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ we then pardoned you and brought you back to life. And with a simple hope and intention, like we've said to the beginning, with a hope that you can come back onto the path of appreciation, that if you could not come to your sense, and come to your sense of realization that you are human, and that you are in need, and that you can come to the sense of the amount of favor we've bestowed upon you, and how, favored, how fortunate you are, if you cannot realize that that was the simple reason why we brought you back to life against this Allah. And then Allah Ta'ala mentions to us into the following verses, Allah Ta'ala carries on and wanting us to understand. And, and like I've said, the objective here is Allah is not telling us stories of others. Yes, it is to do with the Yahud, with the Jewish people. It is to do with them. It is their lifestyle. It is their forefathers which did that. But Allah wants you and me to be able to reflect where do you and I and our forefathers fall in. And if we can identify faults and errors of my, our forefathers, would we not want to beg Allah for pardon and for forgiveness and so that they may be able to be forgiven and if they've made error with ignorance and, and didn't realize and wouldn't give it all exposure. Because there's many things that you and I, if you truly believe that you are Muslim, that we lack about the true understanding of Islam. Remember the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which he said to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum 1,400 years, years ago, and he said, Bada al-Islam gharib. Islam, when it came, came, it was absolutely strange. Wasayaudu kama bada. It will return back to the way it started. It will become strange again. 
And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi says, Fatuba lil ghuraba, glad tidings to those people who accepted to be strangers, who wants to live like strangers, who wants to live as strangers in the last hour, knowing that they haven't been exposed and the little that they've been exposed to, they try their very best, but they are also prepared to be able to accept if they come to identify what the beginning of this message has been and the depth thereof trying to be able to live that to the best of their ability. May Allah grant you and me that favor. It is a necessity of accepting the understanding that we lack a great amount of reality. We lack tremendous. You're not to be blamed if you didn't know. But if you come to know, then you've got common sense. You've got ears and eyes. And those things will be kept against you and me. May Allah pardon all of us. And so it's an important factor that we realize. As human beings, we're all going to face with Allah again. Then Allah takes us further to be able to guide us to the people. What did they do? How did they act to Nabi Musa? What did they do to Nabi Musa after having that Allah has granted them the ability to come back to Allah in that path? And Allah reminded them how they begged of Nabi Musa saying to him that we are not prepared. That Allah says, we then gave you some favors. And of the favors that we gave you is the favors that we've given you the ability to have manna wa salwa. Now manna wa salwa was a, a moment in the life of the the. Uh, uh, um, the Yahud, they came over the the Red Sea and they lived and then um, on the other side and, and they, they, they moved on the way that Allah has taken them into the land of what is known as the land of Israel then. And they were supposed to go there with Nabi Musa. But the circumstances was very, very tough circumstances. Were hard, but not easy. Well, not easy just to live and to do. And so they found it very, very uncomfortable, and it was very hot. And Allah will send them, Allah says, and we then send to you clouds to cover you, to be a shade over you. Because when you are hot and the sun is shining and it's hot shining and you walk outside, you can almost faint from the extent of the heat that there is. But then you would want to be in your homes under the shade. You want to be under a tree where there is shade and contentment and ease. And Allah says, we gave you that because it was desert land. It was open and there was no trees around. And because of that, we then gave you, we sent clouds specifically to be able to be that cooling effect for you. Those clouds were sent specifically to you to give you that cooling effect, specifically allowing you not to be able to feel the hot heat, the uncomfort, because there was no air conditioners those day and time. But Allah says, we then send you gifts from us. And at that time, you then came over the Red Sea and you didn't have food to eat. 
and there, there wasn't the norms of farms and places to go and 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 where can you where can you buy things and what can you do you, there wasn't the norms you were now put into an uncomfortable zone but Allah says and we chose for you the best of food from Jannah <coughs> we will give you manna wa salwa and what is known as manna wa salwa manna was some glue that wherever there was fruit, uh, uh, little small trees around uh, growing, then Allah would allow certain uh, um, of the, the, the moisture in the morning, in the day, to come and come up there and allow the best of the fruit, or the best of the, the, the vegetation to feed this moist so that the people can chew on this as a means to feed their bodies and so they can be healthy but also be something that is of high no nature of high benefit to the body that man cannot claim anything i don't have this and i don't have that and they will all be healthy and they all will all be strong allah gave it to all of them this manna was salwa and this the salwa is what we would say you have turkey or you'd have uh, um, chicken or you'd have birds that is roasted in by Allah Ta'ala from Jannah it's roasted and it lands not on the ground just above the ground it lands and you can enjoy a whole day of that it is of the Jannah's best fruit it gives you all your health and your strength and the abilities that makes you healthy people and Allah says, وَأَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَنَّ وَالسَّلْوَىٰ كُلُوا مِنْ طَيِّبَاتِ مَا رَزَكَنَاكُمْ Then Allah says to them, eat of what is good for you. مِنْ طَيِّبَاتِ مَا رَزَكَنَاكُمْ And then Allah says, وَمَا ظَلَمُونَ وَلَكِنْ كَانُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ يَظْلِمُونَ They did not harm us, but they instead harmed themselves. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah What does Allah want to say to us? They responded and they wanted to say to Nabi Musa uh, uh, um, when, and Allah reminded them of the favors that Allah did upon them and of those favors when Allah sent them these clouds so Allah wanted them to realize how fortunate they are but still their nature was people who did not just easily take to Allah tell them what Allah gave them they, they, they couldn't as uh, uh, almost as if it must be there must be clouds these clouds is, is, is just there because it gives us shade it must be there but Allah tell them wanted them to be able to understand what Allah tell them did and as we've said Allah wants us to reflect are they a people like that what will be the reward for what they did but isn't Allah giving you and me uh, from time to time favors that Allah sends us example that there's clouds over our skies and that those clouds gives us shade and don't we have millions of other favors of Allah equal to that aren't we the type of people that just take things for granted and say it's okay that ya admit musuvis are we of that type of people and this is what Allah wants us to reflect in or are we taking heed are we active minded are we analytical in what life offers us are we open-minded and do we want to see that we are obedient to Allah do we look at this little gifts that there is and constantly remind ourselves how 
disobedient we are, how quick we are to complain, how ready we are to say but and and, and how, we, how long do we take to say thank you for all these great favors? Must probably I. Must probably each and every one of us. How many of us is reflecting? You have a mother, you have a father, you have a brother, you have a sister, you have a partner, a husband or a wife. You have children. Others don't. You can see. You can hear. You can think. Your heart is beating. Your lungs is working perfect. Alhamdulillah, you have a kidney is working beautiful. Panic. And, 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 and so all your, 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 you've got so many organs in the body that's working. Whilst there's these millions others out there who don't have all these favors. How fortunate are you and I? Should we not reflect to be able to say thank you? This is what Allah wanted to mention to them. وَظَلَّلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْغَمَامَ وَأَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَنَّ وَالسَّلْوَى Allah mentioned some of Allah's favors. Now Allah has billions of favors that Allah will bestow upon the human race continuously. Like I've just mentioned, believe you me, you're hearing my voice. For me to be able to speak that you can understand my message, there's a lot that I need to do with my body. Not that I want to mention myself, but these are the favors of Allah, not mine. And then that message goes through all the lines that gets onto your radio and you switch it on and you can hear it. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And you understand the message. Should we not say thank you to Allah for all these favors? Allahu Akbar. We're just mentioning some, but this is exactly what Allah is trying to let them understand. That there is tons and tons and tons of favors that we send unto you. Example, um, when you actually hurt your hand, then you start to appreciate your fingers. When you need to put your hand into a, uh, have it plastered, and it cannot be used in the normal circumstances, one comes to appreciate what favors of the, 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 the fingers are like. But so, if we come to look and understand the great favor that Allah has, the great favor that Allah has given to you, and me to have eyelashes. Subhanak, when somebody burns his eyes and the eyelashes is off and it cannot be replaced, then he comes to realize how wonderful this thing called eyelashes is. It seems to be insignificant. It seems to be of no value. And so what? Everybody has eyelashes. No, no, no. Not everybody has. And when you've been given, how much do you say thank you? How much are you and I appreciative? Do we realize the extent of Allah's continuous favors on you and me? My heart is beating. It's still beating. It was beating. It's still beating now. I don't know how long. But until Allah has decided it to be able to be the last moment, it will be beating. Allahu Akbar. Not mine. The heart of each and every one of us. It beat it already when your mom, your, when you were in your mom's womb, the first few weeks of 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 inception. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And Allah has allowed it to be able to carry on beating and beating and beating, and that beating of that heart is sending blood to everywhere, and that blood is carrying. The, the, the natural things that needs to be, the things that you've eaten and drink 
and to be able to take that as the food for the body to give it health and strength right and so the body must be kept alive all the time and that is the job of that heart that does that to be able to send that blood and it moves to every other organ in the body and it allows these organs to develop and grow precisely is this what Allah is saying to Banu Israel but also speaking to us then Allah gives them an instruction, say to them, when you eat, choose the pure and the good. Do not violate those things which I said to you is not good for you, abstain from that. Do not like smoke cigarettes. Is not what Allah has preferred for us or want us because it's going to harm us. It has never ever done good to anybody. It does only harm when you smoke cigarettes. But cigarettes is not the issue. What about smoking dacha? What about participating in, 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 in things that is not permissible, like, like having to take uh, uh, drugs and things of that nature? This is harmful, negative. This is going against the law of Allah. You are violating the law of Allah. So a person that takes drugs or takes daha or takes these things is not doing out of his own. He just is careless going about that. And it is not, this, it's him and her that needs to realize I'm either obedient or I'm disobedient. I need to become a slave of Allah. When Allah says, min When you take in, when you consume, consume only the pure of what I've given to you. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. The voice of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams ending off our very first segment being Knowing My Lord. You heard Sheikh in our first segment being Knowing My Lord. And there Sheikh has been ended off with that segment. We are going to be breaking through to our second part of the program. And that is, I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? You can send through your questions through to our WhatsApp number as well as our SMS. And yet just before I want Sheikh to continue on uh, what is... I am a Muslim. What is expected of me, Sheikh? Here is a question that came through already, and it came through via our WhatsApp from the number double nine zero eight. It says, "Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. I know that it's a sunnah to take wudu at night before a person goes to bed. However, if a person wake up to use the toilet, must we take wudu again after using the toilet?" Okay, the question the person is asking the specific of having to be able to take wudu at night before I go to bed. And what then if I wake up in the morning or during the course of the night and I uh, uh, want to use the toilet? Allow me to first say to the person, if you don't mind, thank you very, very much for your question, that uh, it is always sooner to be able to be in the state of wudu. So whenever you have to go to the toilet and use the toilet, then to be able to see that you take wudu immediately. That would be the best, so that is a strong sunnah, strong recommendation that we need to try to be in wudu as much and as long as we possibly can, right? So obviously that makes it very clear if that is the norm or the recommendation, then to be able to wake up in the middle of the night and having to use the toilet again, the sunnah was not referenced to only when you go to bed. It's a reference to try to be in wudu at all times, but when you go to bed, that you actually go to bed with wudu. But if you uh, go to bed with wudu, now, now, now allow me just to take this a little bit further with a person, and you are a married man and a married woman, and, 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 and you go to bed, and your, your partner's halal for you, then your partner's halal for you. Then, then having to say I must be, be sleeping with wudu, 
uh, uh, so I must sleep with wudu is not what the Sharia wants. The Sharia says if you are a married man or a married woman, then you must be able to get to your partner and your partner must get to you. And that's why Allah has granted us a portion of the night to be the intimacy between husband and wife. But to start off with wudu is what is recommended. Do we understand? And the moment you get yourself to come out of that circumstances and you now have to go to relieve yourself and you free yourself, you find the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam took wudu, took istinja and took wudu. It was normal, it's a common thing. And so if a person has been intimate through the night with his partner and he then has to uh, go and relieve himself and or clean himself and um, he doesn't need to be able to go for a ghusl immediately, he and she can for that matter just take do what they say, use the, the, the miswak, clean the mouth, um, do the istinja first, clean the mouth, and then do the wudu and go to sleep again. No problem. So the wudu taking as a norm is what is recommended for us at all times, most of our time. right? And this is a sunnah which is strongly recommended for all of us, that we must strive towards getting there. Yes, not all people is finding it very, very easy, but Allah has made things easy for us. We must just make the effort and Allah will make it much more easier for us, inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. There is no further questions. Other than that, you can send through your questions through, through our WhatsApp number as well as our SMS. And with a few minutes, Sheikh is going to be doing a recap as to where Sheikh stopped yesterday. Inshallah, Sheikh Tafato. Shukran jazakallah khair for Auntie Yasmina. We were at this um, the new other uh, segment calling I am a Muslim. So what is expected of me? We yesterday dealt with the with the issue of the circumcision, circumcision and we said that to you what happens in that field the need for to being circumcised as a Muslim and then the then thereafter we went over to the second part of, of the fitrah which the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has shown us to be able to leave the beard to grow and to be able to to cut the the, the mustache or to shave the mustache right subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah um, allow me to just mention to our people that we have dealt with this yesterday but there's quite a few people who've actually out of radio made contact with me and spoke to me and said to me yes but allow me to just remind us uh, do you know that Imam Shafi'i the great Imam Shafi'i has it in his book to be able to speak to the Shafi'iyah, the Shafi'iyah people, to say to them how important it is that they must allow their beards to grow. Sorry for that one. And then all the other Imam, none of them says that we must, we must be able to have this attitude of not growing beard. There's certain scholars that goes to the extent of saying how uncomfortable it is to know that we are people who shave and cut the beard whilst it was not the advice of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam trimmed the beard. And I say trimmed the beard, the beard was big and long and lengthy and trimmed it so it doesn't stand at wild. It must be trimmed and we must be able to see that we must be able to look decent with the beard that day. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are by our second part of the program and that is I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? And yeah, I'm going to be allowing Sheikh to continue with Sheikh stop just before the ad break. Do know that we do welcome your questions through to our WhatsApp number. For those of you who have not crossed our WhatsApp number yet, yet the number is 072 
2380712. Alternatively, you can send through an SMS to 47913. And I hand over to Sheikh to continue. Sheikh, the fatal. And Yasmina, um, I, I think uh, in this issue of the beard and what goes with the beard and our people with having to hear this, it sounds like certain people is making it bigger than others and uh, of that nature. I'm only from my side taking the responsibility of the fact that our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the teacher, the educator, the one who teaches you and me this deen, he says to us it's part of fitrah. And fitra means something that's norm and natural that males have beards. So the issue about and our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has emphatically said it is sin when you shave your beard. It is truly a sin. You are living in sin. Some scholars says that you are living a continuous life of sin, even if you're making salah and you are shaved. You are living in sin. You are living in perpetual sin. The scholars are saying because you are doing good. Other than what you should, because part of the necessity of the life of the fitra of man, which was given to us by our Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, was to be able to see as males you leave your beards to grow, and you find means and ways to be able to beautify it, but not to shave it short or to shave it all off. It must be able to grow and allow. And if you happen to be of those people which are two or three strands only, then you need to accept accept that. But allow it to grow and keep it decent. That's what our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam wanted the males of this ummah to be able to understand. So I'm not fighting anybody, and I'm just wondering. And, and for my reason for mentioning the fact that. Um, uh, 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 the leader amongst the so-called Shafi'i people, Imam Shafi'i, when they go to him, they found we find in his books strong recommendation that you and I never, ever, ever cut our beards. And when I said yesterday, and I have no remorse for what I said, and I want to just remind, because I hope our mothers can understand, you nurture your sons, you develop them, make of them Muslim males, make of them males that is Muslim, serve the cause of Allah following the pattern of that Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam your reminders as mom would be an inspiration to them and they're going to be proud of the fact that mommy is from a dikhaseh mommy is from a dikhateh mommy guided me to this mommy told me how important this is and Allah will only shower nur and baraka every time your son would want to be able shave his beard and he doesn't then all sins baraka and nur and rahma to your life and to your cover when you're in your cover one day ya Rab, would you and i not want to my reason for repeating this is because i want our people to understand if something has been given to you by our nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam then we stick to that then we try to love that then we make it our intention that we want to love that and if i am a parent these children are beneath me and i have a control which has given me and i have a right and i have a decision and let me use it appropriately to guide to instruct to nurture and to prepare them for the path of being righteous leaders for success as given to us by our beloved prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam
And so we see our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and I must probably want to remind us again of the verse of Allah, where Allah says, now many a people doesn't realize, and they say the verse is very broad. The vastness and the broadness in this verse is enhancing every detail of what we're talking about now. Where we says what Allah said in Surah to Nisa, Surah number 4, when Allah said in verse number 199, part of the words of Shaitan, when Allah Ta'ala chased him out of Allah's mercy, he made an oath to Allah, he says, Wala amurannahum. I'm going to order them, I'm going to command them, I'm going to show them, and they're going to abuse and allow them to become abusive. We, I'm going to force them to be able to choose, to wish, to want to be disobedient to the, to the path of Allah. To that which Allah has commanded, just the opposite of that. I would want them to worship anything and everything besides Allah. They must be able to do, if Allah has given them a style, that they must be able to want to not do it that, that way. If Allah has granted them something, they must be doing, and they must be, they, they, they don't want that which Allah has given to them. If Allah gives them a command, they don't want to follow the commands. If Allah orders them not to do something, that they do that. That is what Shaitan said to Allah. I'm going to do that to them. I'm going to work at them. And you and I, do we understand the seriousness of this matter? When the matter is from our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he goes to the extent of telling us that you and I as a male needs to see that we do not shave, that shaving is a sin, nay, it's a major sin in the sight of Allah. To such an extent, if you two, two things I want to mention here, to such an extent that our Nabi Muhammad وسلم, never ever looked into the face of somebody who wasn't shaved. Never looked in him. And when the person was, was, I'm saying, was shaved, I'm sorry. Never looked into the face of somebody that was shaved completely. Because the Nabi said to him, that is, Nabi said to them, that is bad character. That is not of Islam. That is not what Allah, my Lord Allah wants for you. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as you and I know, are a very, very gentle person. Gentle in his approach with things. Gentle in dealing with issues. But when he met up with a non-believers that was shaved completely, he immediately attacked him and says, What is this? What are you looking like? Why are you having long mustache and no beard? Why are you like that? Your Lord, they say to him, our Lord has commanded us to be able to shave our beards. And to be able to keep our, 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 our mustache long. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to them, that, that my Lord, the Lord of humanity, has taught me to be able to have a decent lengthy beard and to be able to remove the, the mustache. May Allah grant us Muslimin. The other question I think which is even more serious, if the one, if this is how the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our messenger, dealt with non-Muslims, not with Muslims, in occasions where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw Muslim people, or people that entered in Islam, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would go to the extent to be able to show them how to do it. Like for instance, when the Nabi saw youngsters that became Muslim in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would instruct them to be able to allow their beards to grow. And if he saw that some of them had the mustache long, he would call for the scissors and he would cut the mustache for them to show them how they must keep the, the mustache. And he would do it physically, physically do the act. 
to let us understand the development of the human Muslim. He doesn't understand. He doesn't realize. He's like you and me that's living in this dream world and where there's facade and many harmful things happening around us. And the world of secularism invites us to all the sin and the wrong and the harm that there is. And we don't know better. So we think that we're not doing a sin but this is what our Nabi sallallahu alayhi came for, to allow us to understand the differentiation that we identify as Muslims in a totally different way as to what the kuffar does. If they do a matter, we do it different to theirs. And I say to you, the second one is, what happens tomorrow? What happens tomorrow if you die? In this one discussion, this one person says to us, one scholar says to us, he says to us, if you've made it a norm to every day shave, to shave every day, and you shave yourself, completely shave every day, then the day that you will die, you will also shave. The day you're going to die, you're going to shave that day. Na'udhu Billah. May Allah protect all of us, inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are still in our second part of the program, being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. And just before the break, Sheikh was speaking about the trimming of the beard as well as the men shaving the beard. However, Sheikh, there is a few questions I came through by our WhatsApp and the one question states that Salam Sheikh, uh, Salam all on board. Question Was the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam buried with his beard? And also another one, this question says, Why does some learned people like Ulama doesn't wear beard? Shukran. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Wahda was Salatu was Salamu Adam Adla Nabiya Ba'd. Alhamdulillah, I think it's a very pertinent question and um, I'm not here to be able to. Uh, judge anybody. It's this, uh, this subject matter is not judging anybody. This is about giving to us what comes from Allah and what comes from His Messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So yes, you and I need to understand, first and foremost, the life that you are going through today and the life that your parents went through yesterday is absolutely different. Why things has been like that yesterday and why did they do this and why did they do that but why and how come did they do this and how come this is not your business neither mine what others are doing they are doing if you if Allah exposed you to their error and their sin and their faults and they were unaware of that Allah has given you the opportunity to expose you to it prior to them and if they weren't exposed if they were exposed to it then they are living in a sin of Allah and his Rasul's command and we are not making an issue about their sins we say the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa lived with his beard and he never ever ever shaved his beard. Allow me to say to you, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa had a hairstyle. That was there most of the time he had a, a, a middle party. Right? But when he saw that some of the Yahud was living with a middle party and they didn't train it, then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa put a side, uh, side party. But the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam lived with most of the time with it because it wasn't the middle party wasn't becoming a norm, and the Nabi lived with that to be able to show his op opposition. When the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam saw the Jews having mustache, he recommended for us to be able to have our mustache shaved or to cut it and to trim it properly above the lip, as we've said, right? And we've seen at times the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had mustache and sometimes he did not have mustache. 
But there's no recording ever in the life of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he saw the Yahud with beard that he took off his beard. Nay, he rather trimmed it and he kept it beautiful and clean. But just to allow to show them that we are different. But he never ever cut his beard. Never ever cut his beard. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. This is our Nabi. This is the person that we love. We claim to follow him. We claim to want to live like him. We don't ask unfortunate questions, but what about this and what about that? Allah answers that for us in the Holy Quran. Allah says, pertaining to all other people prior to you, Laha ma kasabat. For them will be the reward of their activities and their actions and the way they they don't worry about them. Don't you make it your worries and your issue do yes but and yes and oh no says the Nabi says Allah Kasabat for them is their problem and their matters and the way they re- referred to things and understood it. The issue is for you will be yours now that you understand the responsibility for you when you got exposure and you not to question them, to question yourselves. You are educated, you are informed, you are exposed because Allah wanted it to reach you so that you can become better and ask the question, what is wrong in me? What am I doing? Not what is others doing and why are this like that? And why is other people doing this? It's not our business. It's not your business. Your intellectual development must be able to bring you to a better person, better character, better mannerism, more respect, more decency. More submission to out adhering to Allah's call, not to question or be a judge. We were never told to become judges. Yes, I know the world that you and I are living in wants to make us because of shaitan, wants to make us judges. We always want to be the judge. We want to judge everybody and we want to say to everybody, yes and button and you are not. That's not your business, not mine. Allah Ta'ala says to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam وَمَا عَلَيْكَ إِلَّا الْبَلَاغِ Your duty is not to judge people It's only your duty to give them the message So if the message reached you, thank, say Alhamdulillah the message reached me If you didn't know yesterday And if you come to realize But my dad did the wrong thing He was disobedient If you come to realize your mom was wrong and she did the wrong thing and she didn't know better Get to come to understand that you need to be able to make excessive tawbah and istighfar on behalf of them. Do sadaqat, make a, say to Allah, grant this on behalf of them for their error and their faults and their wrongs and their sins. But remember the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Kudlubnu Adam khatta. Every one of you, every one of you, every one of your moms and every one of your dads and every one of your sheikhs and your muftis and your peers and your great scholars, each and every one of them are sinners, says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So you want to take the opportunity now to ask the question, but what if and what and and how come? Allah gave you exposure, say alhamdulillah. Come to the, come to your sins, realize that you are a human, realize that Allah has given you this exposure. That you weren't exposed, or your parents wasn't exposed equal to yours. Or your, the forefathers, or the sheikhs, or other people. We are not here to question them, or to judge them, or to see if we recognize that they've made mistakes. We ask, oh Allah, be merciful upon them. For some reason or another, oh Allah, this, what they have done, is not what our Nabi has done. Because we are human. Tell me, you as a parent today, are you a perfect parent? 
Do you think you have the right to ask, but what if and what am? Do you think you have the right to ask it? Tell me, are you going to be a perfect mom and a perfect dad? Are you going to be a perfect role model in your life? Or are you going to have no sins? Or are you going to have no faults, no errors, no mistakes, no shortcomings? Do you think that's going to happen? What is the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying? وَخَيْرُ الْخَطَّائِينَ التَّوَّبُونَ Each and every child of Adam is a sinner. But the best of sinners are those people who can identify and blame nobody else but themselves for their own weaknesses. Can admit to them to know. He doesn't go to anybody. He doesn't put it on, on Facebook. I've done this and I've done that. And he doesn't send it on, on WhatsApp and on, on, on Instagram. It's other people's business. No, that's nobody's business. It's your business between you and Allah. And if you've gone as far as Instagram and all these things and you start to put on any negative things there, then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you are the worst of sinners. You are worse than everything else. And Allah is going to keep it against you if you do not repent. Haiti to know that you ever share your weaknesses with others. If you've been exposed to see the faults of others, Allah showed us in the first segment, how Allah showed us the very errors and the faults and the shortcomings of the other Ummah before us. And Allah only needed to be able to allow us to have insight so that we can recognize where we are. And so that Allah can take us to greater heights. So let us not be want to be like the West and like a, a Satanism and uh, uh, secularism wants to force us to become judge, judgment, judge, judges in everything that we want to do. May Allah grant us to become Muslim. That is more important. Love like Muslims and die like Muslims. May Allah pardon us and take us to what is best for our dunya and best for our akhirah. Sheikh, shukran so much for that. Over for Madrasa on air, we are in our third part of the segment being leadership in Islam and its progression. Only questions that is relating to the content in which Sheikh has been speaking about as well as the subject matter. For now, we do a recap as to where we stopped yesterday just to give our brain a little bit of a refresher. And Sheikh is standing by Sheikh Tavadol. Shukran for that one, uh, Yasmina. Alhamdulillah. Yesterday we started off with a new aspect in the fee, the subject of leadership in Islam and its progression. Um, we went to the topic that we called, that is known as tarbiyah, and we gave the people some definition of what tarbiyah is all about, and that uh, we need to come to realize that it is part of the subject matter of Allah and His Rasul for humanity. Now, not necessary. Every subject that we want in Islam is being given to us by Allah in His Quran and His Sunnah Tariqah in the manner that we expect it to be. Example, when it comes to the cleaning of ourselves, we've seen our scholars going to the, uh, uh, the Quran, they going to books and they develop books on what we call fiqh. And they expose us to how to clean ourselves in this thick book, right? They show us how to be able to make salah. They sh they show us how and what the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now they did. There was no subject in uh, in, in in as a subject that we need to study how to make salah. There is no way in this deen a subject like that. It came all about from both the Quran and the Sunnah Tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Similarly. The things of cleansing, but similarly when it comes to zakah, the issues about zakah, the issues about fasting, it, is, it all came about there because it is, it's those things that lives with us. Now there is another subject, the subject is called tarbiyah, the means to nurture and to develop 
a young person into adulthood to be able to take him into the process to guide him and to direct him in to become responsible and to take him through those steps and stages and you have the ability to guide him along now that's where the scholars are saying it's the means to rear him or her to nurture them the person and the reference here as person could be a baby who we take from the child of, uh, of birth and you will work with them and we develop, develop them until they reach the sense of purification or rectification where they where we expose them bit by bit to what needs to be done until they reach the level of completion or the level of perfection now Understanding that you and I will never ever reach perfection. Perfection is something that belongs to Allah and His Rasul only. We will try our best. But the strife to be able to work towards perfection is a necessity for us. It's something that Allah wants us to do. We must recognize we must want to be perfect. We must want to be Muslim. We must want to be of the Mu'minin. We must want to be of the Muttaqin. We must not have it as a, 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 a want in a form of an intention or a niyyah, but we make no effort towards that. If you want something, then that means that effort that needs to be done for that want is living with it it will goes hand in hand you cannot separate the one from the other now this important aspect as a subject matter is something which should have happened in the muslim ummah ever since and should have developed now yes there has been a sense of tarbiyah in our parents generations before but in the process there has been a great amount of loss of the messages of tarbiyah given to us by Allah and to his messenger and thus our scholars of the modern day are doing their very very best to collect all this information and like I've said it will become a norm and it needs to become a norm remember your son and your daughter you didn't nurture them fully to be able to know how to become a mom and a dad but they must be able to someday and time go and sit at a scholar that can guide them along what is the guidance and duty and beauty in Islam to be able to recognize what are the things that we need to do with our children when we rear them. Now yes, I'm a mom and I'm a dad and I'm speaking about all of us here, we're moms and dads and we've been trying our best. We've been trying, trying, trying our best. Sometimes we were successful, sometimes not. May Allah grant us to be innocent and to be responsible to admit that to be many things was probably we wanted to do this way, but it didn't come the way we wanted it to happen. But that is Allah's decree. But we were also supposed to be able to do things in guidance and we did not receive that guidance as yet due to many reasons. We're not here to blame anybody. We're not here to pinpoint fingers to, and we're not to ask, but what, but why, and how come? No, we say, Alhamdulillah, we thank Allah who gives us exposure that in the words of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in the words of Allah in the Holy Quran, this subject is a fart. This subject is a necessity. This subject is what you and I cannot without. Again, your mom and your dad were supposed to teach you this deep, the subject in detail. But 
that it didn't happen. So let us not make an issue about the fact that it didn't happen. You get the exposure today. We are fortunate Allah to expose us. And let us see, I have been rearing my children with million and one errors in it. I haven't been following the guidelines. I haven't followed the instructions of Allah and His Rasul. I did it my way because the world has offered me so many things. And I wasn't guided in so many other ways. I wasn't taught these things in other places. It was these was not the guidance because my circumstances was uncomfortable circumstances. So yes, we are not here wanting to be able to pinpoint faults and errors of others and, and we want to bring to recognition of precisely where we are today in Islam right now, you and me, and not pinpoint any of the me you and me occasions to the yesteryear and the, the years before. We ask Allah, or oh Allah, for some reason they were not exposed, forgive them. Oh Allah, pardon them. Oh Allah, grant them the best in their kubur. Oh Allah, tell says with them, the fact you know best what has happened, what the encompass of their lives has been. Allah reminds us many a times that you and I also are going to our graves. We must have the wish and strong desire, recognize our moms and dads could have been misconstrued by things or misinterpreted things or could have been doing things in a complete wrong way and thinking they were living in Islam and you must and I must beg of Allah sincere begging pleading to Allah having our hearts open that oh Allah pardon them forgive them set them free oh Allah you know the challenges that you've put them through and you know how uncomfortable it has been example do you know do you know the exact detail of your mom and dad as the reasons why they did what they did while they had to, to, to meet up with a situation such as apartheid? Who had all those pressures, those human pressures, those, those worldly pressures against them? These people had aims of objectives to corrupt our people. But Alhamdulillah, Allah kept them as Muslimin. So don't look at the negativities. Realize your challenges is going to be somewhat diff different. Hope your children are going to be ready to ask Allah to pardon you. Hope Allah is going to grant your children who is going to be of a life to when they recognize they've made the mistake that and they've seen the mistake in you, that they're going to ask Allah for pardon on your behalf and on my behalf. May Allah grant us all that, Ya Rab. And like we've said earlier on, the hope and intention is for all of us to become better. And we realize, like we've said, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa this deen is going to come back. So when this deen is going to come back, those people who are going to be the righteous people, who are going to be those people who want to, is those people who wants to live Muslim, who wants to be Muslim, who wants to do be the, 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 the Islam of Allah and the Islam of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And that is not an easy thing. So the leadership processes that we are speaking about, the subject matter is called it's a means of development. The scholars are saying the first most important thing about it, it is fart. It's a fart. And where did we get that from? The words of Allah in the Holy Quran when Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. And Allah addresses each and every one of us. Allah speaks to each and every one of us. If you claim that you are Muslim, if you say that I am Muslim, Allah speaking to you directly. Allah say to you, you, the person that you that, that claim that you are Muslim. And Allah calls that person, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Ku amfusakum. You better see that you protect yourself and your offspring from the fire of Jahannam. It's not my words, the words of Allah. May Allah open the path. No, Allah puts this so tight to us. And Allah says to us, you better see that you protect yourself, 
which means that you understand what my message is and that you love that message to the best of your ability so that you in your character and your behavior gives over the true sense of Islam to the next generation and thereby you protect yourself and you will then claim to since you've done your best whilst you were alive to protect the message of Allah to give that righteous impression about what Allah that comes from Allah and then Allah describes the fire of Jahannam and says what is the circumstances to let us understand Allah don't want this for any of us and so in the subject of tarbiyah I am letting us understand it is a subject that hasn't reached many of us it hasn't gone yes I've been exposed to it when I've been in my studies, you start to come to realize that the subject matter that we haven't been exposed to. And you come to realize our family members back home, our families, our communities, that hasn't been exposed to these things. This subject call, now, I probably want to say to you, I know today, alhamdulillah, a great amount of us have had experience to the subject that they call, um, uh, a, a new subject that we look at how to be able to build our our character our behavior our mannerism or uh, 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 our, our form of belief and they call that the one is called tarbiyah and the other one is called uh, uh, tazkiyah tazkiyah is when you look at your spiritual development or spiritual growth tazkiyah is one of the subheadings of tarbiyah. Now, yes, alhamdulillah, many people today have been given exposure to tazkiyah and they go into tazkiyah. But the subject matter of tarbiyah, which is much broader than tazkiyah, tazkiyah is an insignificant small portion. Yes, I call it insignificant because it's much smaller, but it is a very pertinent process. The subject has been, we've been exposed to it, and that's where we go into it to, go, to get into the, uh, the, the... But the subject matter of tarbiyah is a fart, as a necessity, and we're supposed to have gone into it, and we're supposed to have lived it, and we're supposed to have drunk of that so much that we could have passed it over to our next generation. But if we didn't have it, may Allah's mercy come upon our forefathers, come, come to the scholars, everybody else, Allah protect them, there must have been reasons but oh Allah what do we know when something happened with me that is what you decree for me so that is the moment you want me to know and if you did not give it to me prior that is what you've decided for me you didn't want me to know that prior you granted to me that moment may I be one of those people when I understand in your process when you decide for me something I accept it and I am not going to use it against anybody or even against you, my Lord. Subhanaka rabbla hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. You know what is best for me. So when you give me things, I am prepared as a slave of yours to accept it from you, my Lord, and carry it out to the best of my ability as a Muslim. May Allah make us all Muslimin. May Allah grant us that we have responsibility. But more so in this subject matter of tarbiyah, there's quite a few things that I need to share with you. The biggest one that is worrying and concern is something that you and I all know about it is the fact that our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has told us they will come to all the other Anbiya they said to their people they will come a person who is called Dajjal he is going to corrupt and destroy the world he is going to bring all the forms of negativity of corruption of destruction to this world and he is going to be the savior for shaitan and for all those people who wants to be able to dis disagree with the laws of Allah and the guidance for man. That is Dajjal. And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, 
Dajjal did not come at the time, even though all the Anbiya said to the people, this, thing, this person is going to come. He's going to come to this world and he's going to bring about the sense of the corruption that unfortunately he did not come as yet before. So he definitely will come at the end of this Ummah and he's going to bring about corruption. How much are you and I prepared to meet up with that moment? And how much do we do to our offspring to guide them to understand the corruption and how far can they destroy them? Shukran so much for that. We are in our third segment and that is leadership in Islam and its progression. Sheikh, here is a question that came through. It says, Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Just a question. My friend is a single parent. She got a son of 22, which she is still working for. He's very disrespectful towards her. Even told her, why must he worry about her? She's anyway going to die one day and he will get her inheritance. So why must she or he worry? She is very heartbroken. I told her to make dua. But what ca- what else can I tell her? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I think a relative question in the days and times that we find ourselves. But at the same time, a very relevant question in the subject matter that we are dealing with called the subject of tarbiyah. I probably can suggest to the person, one of the ways is to be able to say to the person, listening to what is going to be discussed furthermore on this subject, as in the subject of tarbiyah is an important factor because that tells us what is our errors that we've been living with and how can we recap that. Now, as we've said in the subject matter of tarbiyah, we see because you and I wasn't given the appropriate tarbiyah, that's why we have children at what they is today. Because we didn't know better and we allowed them certain things and we thought we were doing nothing wrong. Right? Um, but many times a wrong is not what we do. A wrong is something that we don't know of or that we don't know how. And we just need to admit that to ourselves and admit it to our Lord and our Lord is going to forgive us. But the circumstances and the action that we've laid forth to our offspring have taken to that and they are where they are today. The forgiveness is going to be one. They are, and so they need to, we need to find now means to be able to, how to undo what we did wrong, how to learn what we did not know, how to implement what we did not yesterday, and how to guide that they can also become the leaders of tomorrow. The type of question that this woman is asking is persisting on, uh, persist, uh, uh, going to the process of a son which is acting out. He is presenting uncomforts. It could be for various reasons. If one looks into the life of this child, most probably the mom as being a single parent could be one reason why she's a single parent. The reason why this child is acting like this. It could be that the dad figure did not come around or did not interact and um, could that could also be part of the reasons. As I've said, there could be many reasons. It could be that this child didn't know of any better and the mamas allowed him to be able to interact with many friends and the friends has corrupted the mind and exposed him to negativities. So yes, there can be a million and one reasons and we're not going into the reasons. I'm actually mentioning it because I want us to understand let us not be quick to judge but let us try to say how do we go about when we identify the exposure of this subject here that we're dealing with in saying leadership in Islam is 
something that we, the Cape Townian Muslims, we lack. And as long as we are not going to admit to it and not going to embrace it and say that we must become leaders, we must recognize it's a job, it's a fart, it's a necessity, it's not an option, it's not a maybe, it's not a hopeful, it's not a dua that we're going to make, but it's as effort and commitment for every dua, even the dua, when we say, Rabbana, Atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar I want you to listen to what Allah says here Please, for heaven's sake Please for understanding our deen Please for understanding when you make dua It is not as cheap as you just saying your words And making the dua and it all ends there Allah says to us indirectly, I'm sorry, I'm going to use my interpretation. I want you to listen to my interpretation first, and then I'm going to interpret what Allah says. The interpretation that Allah gives us, forget about it. Don't dream ever I'm going to answer your dua. Don't dream ever I'm going to give you what you want. Sorry, no, I'm not going to answer your dua. Your dua is not going to be answered. Not until and not when you are not prepared to see that you love that to us it becomes alive in your hearts it becomes alive on your tongues it becomes alive in your blood it becomes alive in your nervous system your whole body feels the vibration of that dua in your heart through your mind through every limb of you it loves that dua alive it proves your dua as what you say with your tongue you act it out in your life. So when you ask Allah, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar, Allah says, Ulaika lahum nasibu mimma kasabu. Sorry, they will not obtain anything except for if they love that dua. If they understood what they said, if they meant it truly. And they lived it not only with their tongues, not all only calling on dua, but that that dua became alive in their life. That they mean they want the best of this dunya, they love to want to re- be real Muslims, they act to strive to be real Muslims, they're not careless and can you warn us any, Yama Islamasi and Topini. They see that they love Islam to the best of their abilities. Islam is in your beard. Islam is in your kufiyah. Islam is on your duk that you put on your head. Islam is when you understand that you want to have the best. The best only comes for those people who realize who they are and where they are and strive to bring about the change within them to become the better slave of Allah, the better subservient person to serve the cause of Allah and his messenger may Allah grant us to be of those people so yes um, I want to say to this mother for the fact that this child has been making calling on this doing this don't feel bad he is one of us he's your child and Allah has chosen him in the words of Allah Allah teaches us don't ever stop making dua for your children yes the pain that you're going through is a reality um, but that's supposed to motivate you furthermore, realizing he is nowhere near we were supposed to guide him to. He isn't there, and that's why he could say these things. So let us take the responsibility to give him slowly, bit by bit, 
the dosage has to be able to come to where he needs to be. He definitely isn't there where he's supposed to be as a Muslim. He's big, he's only grown, he's only of age, but he's not adult in responsibility as yet, for he doesn't know and thus he can say what he wants to and do what they want to. But he is one of thousands like that outside there. And most probably I'm answering you, but I'm also answering the thousands out there to say to them, don't stop making dua for the responsibility Allah has put on you and put onto me. May Allah grant us to become responsible, grant us to realize that we need to call on Allah and beg of Allah for help and for assistance for our children, inshaAllah. Time goes so very, very quickly. We're only hoping to uh, on, uh, answer some questions and already time goes by. Um, allow us to make dua, just a reminder of the fact that we have a um, uh, workshop the, the weekend, the 22nd, inshallah, it is in Mitchell's Plain, in Lentekhiya Masjid, inshallah, we hope to see everybody there from 3 to 5, inshallah. Our final dua, a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, wal asr, innal insana lafi husr, illa alladhina amanu wa amilu salihat, wa tawasu bil haqqi wa tawasu bil sabr, سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله رب العالمين فما صافي اسمنا بيرسون as well as everyone on board we bid you as-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh